Welcome everybody to From Rock Bottom to Badass, and I am so excited. This is a busy man. I've been trying to get on the show, and I'm really excited to finally have him here. My friend, Henry Lucas. How are you? Welcome. Good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I cannot wait. I know already this is going to be good because um, the listeners, you guys might not know this, but before I hit record, I always... um, we take a few minutes to just kind of pray a few seconds to pray and meditate and set intentions. And I could really feel the energy already coming up and in my heart shocker kind of palpitating. So it's always like a good indicator. It's going to be a good time when I can feel yeah. shocker going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get this party started. Tell all the people who are you. Well, I, I am, uh, I'm many, you know, many things at once and I'm none of them. Um, I am a, a father, uh, I'm a husband, a business owner, I'm a person that's in long-term recovery, I'm a healer. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm here really, um, um, to share with you, Rachel, and to share with the world, uh, my gifts. And so I'm owner of uh, Louisville Health and Healing, which is a outpatient mental health practice here in Louisville, Kentucky, where we specialize in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, addiction. We work with teens and adults, kids, families, marriages on a variety of issues. We accept all insurances except and accept uh, self-pay. Uh, currently, uh, we have uh, 10 employees, um, and we just started um, with one employee in January. So there's that. Uh, I'm an author. Uh, is this the time where I plug in all my stuff? We can make it work. Just okay. <laughs> I'm an author. Uh, I published a book um, called Maximize. Um seven mindsets to maximize key areas of your life. I also have an online store on Shopify. Uh, It's called Louisville Health and Healing. And um, I'm working on about three other projects now that I'm not going to disclose yet until they become more of a reality. So they're already a reality somewhere, but it's in the future. It's not here yet. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Manifesting, manifesting those dreams. And I, that's what I love about you is I think you really make your goals come to life by way of the spiritual methods through manifesting, through law of attraction, through all of those um, spiritual principles that we all hear about, but I don't think we all fully understand. Right. Um, but since this is about um, going from rock bottom to badass, and this is about yeah. you, right? Can you tell me? Can you? How do you define recovery, rebirth? That that you've had that scenario in your life, right, where you had to go from a rock bottom to a badass. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to forget that either. You know, I don't want to forget uh, what it was like. Uh, I have. Um, uh, work really hard uh, to get here. And I'm also aware I wouldn't be here without uh, all of the people in my life 
now and kind of along the way ushering me to this point in my life and uh, really grateful um to 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 exist and really grateful to be able to do all the cool shit uh that i'm allowed to do you know today um i've been sober for almost um 13 years uh december 22nd of 2008 um was the the first day in a long time I could ever uh, recall uh, being sober from all mind and, and mood altering substances. And that really started my, my journey uh, in, in, in finding out who I am and who I'm not and who I want to become and really give me uh, something to live my life by and uh, something to wake up to, uh, wake up for in the mornings. Um, and to also be that person that is helping usher the other people along their way uh, on their journey. It's like we're really all on, on the same journey anyway, so it makes sense that we would try to help each other out, you know, in that process. It, it's it's the, the more that I get into my spirituality, the more that I, I really resonate with, uh, with, you know, Buddhist philosophy of how success doesn't exist and failure doesn't exist. And, uh, you know, people being ahead or more advanced than me doesn't exist. And me being more advanced and further ahead than other people that doesn't exist. These are all constructs that I create in my mind based off of my belief system and this filter that I send everything through that I experience, none of it exists, right? And like when I started with the intro, it's like I'm saying all of these things that I am and I'm none of those things. A lot of my suffering come from my ability to attach to the things that, that mean something to me and how I see my identity, but it's not how I see me, it's the ideal that I assume that other people see me as. Mm -hmm. I, I am what you say I am. Yeah, you said, oh, it's busy guy trying to get one here. And it's like, I really feel that. That's not the energy that I'm trying to put out to the world. But it's like, I, I, I put off this energy that people sort of interpret as, well, he's busy. He's got a lot going on. But the other part of that is, it's also a really good way for me to stay safe. Because if I'm creating this illusion that I'm busy, then nobody is going to ask me for anything. No one's going to come to me for anything. So it's been quite uh, a challenge, uh, particularly over the last year with COVID and uh, the new business and stuff. It's really been a challenge to like to not let that be the energy that I that I that I put out. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I started from rock bottom. I think I was um, like born into rock bottom. <laughs> You know, they're like, yeah. um, I remember when I got my, my two-year degree, um, and I was actively using and drinking. I got my two-year degree. It took me six years. And at that point, um, in active addiction, I mean, that was the furthest anyone in my family had gotten with their education, you know. And uh, um, it, it, mental illness and addiction and poverty and abuse and, and inherited trauma, um, you know, that's, that's where I come from. You know, that's a part of that uh, foundation. And I used to think that like my addiction and my trauma and my hurt and loss and shit 
is what like defined me. And for the long, for probably most of my life up until maybe the last few years, it has. But I've really started to shift how I see myself in the world. So it's my healing and my resiliency that really defines who I am. That's really my greatest strength is not, it's not my problem. It's my solution. That's my greatest strength. And that's the identity that I really want to um, uh, kind of envelop and, and lead with and show the world that I am not the sum total of all, all of my suffering. I am the sum total of all of my life and how I overcome obstacles on a daily basis. It may not be related to drugs and alcohol, but I still suffer, you know, it's part of the human condition and how I can find ways to uh, love and nurture myself. And my story of, of rock bottom is like, I, you know, I have stories of like my family and stuff telling me that like, I was that little toddler that would walk into a room and just start pushing lamps over and knocking tables over and just like, you know, um, if, if there was a such thing as a bad kid, you know, that was me, you know, like, um, I can remember like being like four years old and like hiding in the closet and hiding places just so I can say cuss words, you know, <laughs> I like, you know, I got caught smoking a cigarette when I was five years old, you know, so that kind of stuff was the environment that, that I was in, you know, and I realized when I was ready to change, uh, one thing I had to really consider was how critical the environment is in my healing and, and, and changing. <clears throat> so you know I grew up and um you know my, my dad he suffers with uh schizophrenia and uh he struggles with uh addiction and um uh he wasn't there he was he was absent you know for um most of my my life my childhood and I was so angry and like bitter and like you know resentful at him and I realized this probably in the last year, um, he was protecting me. That was his way of protecting me was to not be there because if he was there, all hell would break loose. Police would be involved. He would be intoxicated. You know, there might be some kind of uh, a, a abuse or, or, or something along, along those lines. And so I realized, wow, like this, this man that that I needed for, you know, most of my, my life that wasn't there. I had this image of him with his arms out facing me and blocking all of this stuff, stuff that's his, stuff that's not his, blocking it from making its way to me. If he would have been there, things would be much, much different for me today. I don't know if I would, I would be here. So in one sense, there is that bitterness, but on the other sense, I'm so grateful that that was a choice that he could make at the time to protect me, right? But it took, I mean, uh, 12 years of work to finally start re realizing those those things. And when I have these awarenesses, it's it just it continues to shift how I see not just my dad, not just myself, but how I continue to see things that I experience. You know, it's like the meaning that I attach to things can change. And I'm, I'm really in a place with, you know, things don't happen to me, things happen for me. Everything that I experience 
is working in my fader, favor in the greater scheme of everything. Maybe just, maybe just not right now. And so uh, realizing that my mom did the best that she could with the resources that she had, and I didn't know that at the time, um, you know, I grew up and started experimenting with, um, you know, nicotine and drugs and alcohol and, um, and, and, you know, by 15 years old, I'm, I'm a full-fledged addict at 15 using whatever I can get my hands on and um, really finding my, my place and my role in that, um, you know, drug-using culture. And um, I'm really good about um, um, creating an image, you know, like up until I got sober, I think the only person that probably knew I had a problem with drugs and alcohol was my mom and the girl that I was dating at the time because they were just so close to me. And well, and the girl was getting high with me. Everybody else, I put this image up that, hey, I, you know, I'm in college, I'm at community college and I'm, I'm working a couple jobs. I'm doing the best I can. But the reality is inside spiritually and inside emotionally, I was... I was a zombie, you know, I was, I was dead. And uh, so I went to treatment and I went to treatment and um, was convinced that I would be able to use, you know, certain substances after I left and um, something happened. I started to see uh, men that were happy, men that were fathers and, and husbands and men that were, you know, counselors and, 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 in some sense uh, of what I thought success was. And I was really attracted to that. And I'm so grateful that the universe put those, those people in my life early on and, and, and worked my ass off, you know, in here and started in here. And, and our physical world is a representation of our emotional world. So once I started to let go in here and become more organized in here and more accepting in here, and more loving in here, then that's what showed up in, in my world, you know, and things just started to naturally come, come my way, or at least I started to, to see them as coming my way. And it's taken every bit of each 24 hours to, to get here, you know, I mean, really throughout my whole life and probably even past lives. We may not talk about that much, but, yeah. you know, it's taken me um, a long time to get here and, uh, um, you know, we have a, a newborn at home. She's, um, I think she'll be 11 weeks this week. And, uh, the time I get to lay in the floor and, and make eye to eye contact with this little bitty being lets me know that, you know, I'm right where I need to be in my life and that nothing is more important than really being present to the things that I love and the things that, that I value. And, even being, you know, in recovery, I will often, you know, take advantage or neglect those things. And so that's really been my focus is just to be more grounded in my life and to be a more powerful force to the closest things to me that I'm going to really have an influence over the next, you know, generations and generations and hundreds of years will be altered because that I'm present today. Yes. That's actually my biggest goal in life right now too, is to give 
feel like I was there in this really amazing present mindful space, like in the beginning of my recovery. And then somewhere along the lines, like things got a little crazy and hectic and then I just let it go. And that's been my biggest goal right now too. Uh, getting back to being 100% right here and right now, all of the time. Um, so I love that. And I understand that too, the, the deep importance and how it ripples out and affects our entire lineage and the you know, future generations. Oh, that ripple effect, don't even get me started. Um, can you talk about how you survived like during the experiences like your childhood and during your addictions and things? what got you through the moments while you were in the madness and in the struggle and in the pain? Um, dissociating. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because when people like reach out to me and they want to come in and, and do counseling, um, one of the first things they'll say that they want is, is coping skills. And the truth is, if we've made it this far, we've had to cope with some shit. Mm -hmm. Now, they may not have been the most healthy, but, you know, for me, like, um, and I will still can do it today is I, I jokingly say dissociating, but I'm, I'm being for real. And, yeah. and, and what I'm really talking about is checking out. Yeah. You know, um, uh, uh, I'm a dreamer. So dreaming comes natural. And uh, as a kid, I would, I would, I would dream, you know, I would have imaginary friends. Um, pretty, uh, pretty lonely throughout most of my life. Um, I, I had friends and stuff, but it's really hard to um, connect with other people knowing that like, these are the things that I've experienced and that I'm continuing to experience, you know, when I'm at home and it's uh, horrible. And so this feeling of like loneliness has been something that's plagued me really throughout my, my whole life that where's my, where's my place, you know, and I still can struggle with that. Um, so that could be like another way that, that I cope is like um, isolating and thinking that I have to solve all of my problems, you know, by myself, like I have to carry the, the weight of the world on, on my shoulder. So that's another way that, that I coped. And I played sports when I was young, but then, you know, when I started getting high and stuff, like I had to make a choice, uh, you know, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? And I much would rather do this because it's fun and I get to hang out and this is work and it's hot and sweaty and, and I'm not really about that life anymore. But today it's different, you know, today it's different. Um, I, I, I most of the time will ask for help and uh, I will openly uh, express my feelings, um, not all the time. Uh, but I, I'll cry if I need to, or I'll get angry if I need to, or be happy. Uh, I'm doing like, you know, kickball and a kickball. I'm doing um, kickboxing. I'm doing uh, hot yoga. I'm lifting, running, you know, so being active is, is now like another thing that I'm able to revisit, you know, because my physical health is important. Um, meditating, um, you know, praying, walking, you know, um, really being a part of the people in my life. I mean, all of those things are, are, are really important. So when I'm kind of navigating, okay, I, I want to check out right now in my life, is it going to be helpful or is it going to be hurtful? 
you know, and, yeah. and honestly, some nights I might go and turn on the TV and watch some show or something as my way of checking out. Um, other times, um, you know, I might do something else. I might, you know, talk to somebody about it or do some journaling or, or something to have some kind of shift in, in how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. So it's much different as, as a kid and really even early adulthood for me, I felt so out of control with everything around me and in me that I was always trying to find a, a sense of, you know, control. And now it's like control doesn't exist, you know, and learning how to let go. And I believe that our work here in, in this life is continue to let go and continue to let go and continue to let go. These feelings let go, expectations let go, these values, you know, let go. It's like a sense of nothingness um, in it all. And that's really where I think I find my peace is where I can fully let go and continue to let go. Yeah, I love how you said that because it kind of is like the more you let go of things, the more you it's it's even more than nothing is like moves into like expansiveness, right? You get to move into that free freedom space, right? Space, yes. That's that's been like the theme for me this year is this idea of space. Yeah. And I think about flowers and I think about like a garden and like, you know, when I plant vegetables and stuff, like I don't plant everything on top of each other. If I did that, nothing would grow and everything would die. Ugh, if you look yeah. at like farmer farmers and stuff, like they plant a crop in their space in between each crop and then their space in between rows for the different kinds of crops that they are so that there's space to grow. And we're the same as those plants. We need space to grow. Too. we need space to mature we need space to heal we need space for clarity and it's really hard for me to do that when i'm so damn attached to everything that's you know going on around me and everything that's going on in me yeah and even like you talked about earlier about like um being the busy guy right like putting all the things in your your time like time we need space of time as well to do all those things and you know, time again. I sound probably crazy, but time doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time, time doesn't even exist. You know, we we came up with with, with time um, as a way of structuring our day and our week and our month and our our year. You know, which is really based off of moon cycles. Right. You know. And when people say, I need more time in the day, that's bullshit. Because if I had more time in the day, I would just fill it with really more meaningless stuff, <laughs> you know, but this is all I got. And how can I really be intentional and focused on right now and being present right now? I mean, this is really the only time that exists is right now, you know? Yesterday, my husband and I were at the park with our son. And he said something, and um, I believe the same um, in, in alignment with what you believe about time constructs and it doesn't exist. So you're not, well, we're either we're both crazy or, or we're both sane. I don't know which one, but uh, <laughs> he says something about uh, tomorrow and he said next time. And he was referring to the same thing. And I looked at my husband and I said, isn't that so funny how 
you know, in a child's mind, how time doesn't exist the same as it does to us and how tomorrow and next time are the same thing to him. It just shows you how it is some, you know, it's something that's taught, right? And we learn to do this tomorrow, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? We, we learn to, to do those time things as we grow. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids, I think kids have it all figured out. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they really do. And as, as we grow, we get away from that creativity and that spontaneity. And because if you think about where hope and faith come from, they come from the child. You know, if you think about where imagination come from, mm -hmm. it comes from the child. And mm -hmm. all of us get different messages around what it, what it really means. So we get away from that. So really, I want to be more childlike. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. Um, all of the things that I think like spiritually that we get taught that we need to strive to do are things that children do naturally. And then we have to, you know, I think, especially when it comes to parenting, I always say they're already perfect. Our job is to not mess them up. You know, just don't yeah. mess them up. Don't ruin the, the state of mind that they're in and they will be fine. Yeah. Um, and I, I always feel so I was homeschooled until I was seven and I feel so lucky. I feel like that was such a divine part of my existence to be homeschooled because the way that my mother was, what she taught us was, I mean, we, we got to pick what topic we wanted to learn that day. We were free to learn however we wanted to learn and what way worked best for us. And we just, if we were doing something creative, then we got to stay in that timeless space for as long as we wanted to. And I just feel like it like built me as a person. And part of also the reason why I feel like I don't really fit into our society so well, like that's a whole rabbit hole I could go into. Yeah, we ain't gonna talk about our society. <laughs> we'll be that's here for days. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. that's for the YouTube special we do later on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so touching on those super spiritual topics, can you talk a little bit more about your spirituality and recovery? Yeah. Let's see. It started out um, as, as being a believer. I think all children believe Maybe not an idea, maybe not in the idea of God, but mm -hmm. all children believe that there is infinite possibilities. You know, I mean, infinite, yeah. vast. And um, I can remember being a, a little kid and, and hearing, you know, these these voices. And it was basically, uh, you know, my, my conscience you know, um, it was, uh, maybe we'll call it God. Mm -hmm. I can remember hearing that. And sometimes I'd listen to it. Sometimes I wouldn't listen to it. And as I got older and as I had other idols and other things that, that I worshiped, uh, per se, uh, that voice, uh, got quieter and softer and more in the background. These other voices got more demanding and more, more loud. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when I got sober, I would definitely say that uh, um, I would tell people I was atheist, but I think that was really just to piss people off, you know, and to start arguments and stuff. But honestly, I was very agnostic. 
um, I wanted to believe uh, I, I could maybe consider there, there was things out there, but I really needed proof. I mean, you know, after all, my life was complete shit. And I couldn't see that at this point, my life was what it was, was the, the choices that I made. You know, I was blaming God or the universe for my circumstances and that I wouldn't take any ownership of that. I remember the first couple of times that I would, I would pray when I got sober and in treatment, um, they were very emotional because um, I didn't really think about anything. I just let it all go. And then I just started to think that, wow, like this thing I've been running from my whole life, I'm like, I'm getting close to it now. And I was like really scared. Yeah. And it took me a while to really connect with that source. Um, but I found myself connecting through it by connecting with others. And by doing um, service work and volunteer work early on, I started to connect myself to this source by um, being selfless and humble. Not all the time. I don't want to sound like I'm a guru. I mean, I'm still fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, we and, and I started to actually see it in myself, right? This, this source, this light. And um, it was really cool. You know, to see that 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 I I am this thing too that I look outward for a lot. You know, mm -hmm. like Namaste. You know, the divine in me sees the divine in you, and, and that I am a sacred being, and that you are a sacred sacred being, and we come, we all come from, you know, this light, and probably after this place, that's where we go back to is this source. But it's taken me a while to, to really get there through practicing and through rituals and through being open to things like uh, sweat lodges and things like uh, checking out different um, um, faith-based organizations, um, checking out things like ayahuasca and checking out other ways that people have found um, throughout time to connect with this greater source out there, but more importantly, to connect with this greater source in here so not perfect by any means but throughout the day every day multiple times I'm like before we started this I'm always trying to get back and connected to that that source beautiful, beautiful. so you've had a long journey and you've dealt with um healing a lot of different kinds of issues in yourself I know um what are you working on now the most? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. I'm working more on um, accepting how I am in this moment and letting you see that right now. Like not here, I mean now, but in each moment and really being more um, I'm committed to the things in my life that matter um, and not looking at people and, and, and things as being um, uh, dispensable or uh, some kind of item that I can just kind of, you know, check off the list, being more aware of that. Those are goals. I feel that that's something that everybody in our society probably needs to do. And I, 
it's funny you say that too, because I was just looking at an Instagram post and there was a woman that was obviously hurting and she was saying, uh, put, posted a meme that was something about if you, you know, if a man isn't this or that or that, then you're replaceable. And I just thought, ugh, ouch, you know, how, how does that make this man feel, right? To feel replaced, to be told he's replaceable. Yeah. Um, and it, so I think that's just something that we all kind of across the board struggle with too. So you talked a lot about your support systems and how important they were to you. Who or what was the biggest support system along your journey? Probably my wife. Um, we've uh, been married seven years. We've been together for 11 years. One of our first dates was she came to the AA meeting where I celebrated my two years of sobriety. That was the first place that she met my mom and she has certainly been my ride or die um, ever since the beginning. I mean, the, the compassion, the support, um, but also how she holds my feet to the fire and really challenges me, you know, to really be the best version of me. Um, I'd say she's definitely the number one supporter. Um, that, there's there's so many. I mean, early on, um, when I first um, um, got introduced to recovery, uh, the, the guy that was my sponsor who worked in, in treatment was a, a big reason that I got into um, the social work field um, to help others because that's where he was. Um, and I wanted, I just followed everybody that had what I didn't have, but I wanted, I just did what they did, you know, until I could start kind of doing things on my own. I mean, the whole list, uh, it's, it's, it's endless. You know, it really is endless. And some of those people are still around in my life. Some of them are, are, are no longer in my life. Some of them um, are dead. Some of them are in jail. Um, some of them have moved. Um, you know, some of them are, are not who I would uh, associate with today, but they all had, they all had a significant role in, in my life. I definitely say that my, my two daughters, um, they're also important. Um, they are uh, my reason why to keep doing this and to keep grinding and to, and to keep manifesting and creating space for other people to heal. Um, you know, my oldest daughter is four and we started this thing in the last week. I don't know where it came from, but right before bed, um, she'll say, can we talk? And I'll say, yeah, let's talk. And I'll sit in her chair in her room. And she'll sit on my lap, usually with the blanket over her. And I'll say, what do you want to talk about? And she'll say, let's talk about being kind or let's talk about not listening. Oh. And so we went through in the last week, you know, listening and being kind and, and gratitude and um, helping others and thinking about others and talking about our feelings and loving our family members and accepting and forgiving other people. And it's just been really, really sweet. That is really. the sweetest. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So do you have any favorite 
quotes, mantras, mottos, prayers, words that you live by and like repeat to yourself to get through tough moments? Yeah. Um, one of the books I read about four or five years ago that changed my life um, it's called The Alchemist. Oh, yes. And that really got me started uh, on a whole nother uh, journey of my spirituality. There's a, a, a phrase in the book that it's mentioned several times through the book. It's when, and it's, you know, when we're living our personal legend, the universe always conspires in our favor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm my true self, um, no matter what I'm experiencing, it doesn't matter because everything's going to work out in my favor every single time. And that really helps uh, get me through um, some of those um, challenging moments that I have. If you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who's going through exactly your past, right? You at your rock bottom, there's a dude exactly like that. What's one thing that you would tell him? Reach out. Reach out and let people know where you're at and help is on the way. Ah, beautiful. Can you tell us where you're going from here? I don't know. I know where I'm at. But I don't know the, the, you know, I know where I'm at there in the future, but I'm not quite sure the path that, that I'm going to get me there. That's not quite clear, but I know where I'm at. Yeah. I just got to keep doing uh, and saying yes to all of these opportunities. Like when you reached out and, you know, other things that I've got going on, I just keep saying yes. And that's part of getting me to where I already am somewhere in the future. But I don't, I don't know, you know. I don't know. <laughs> and that's okay. I think I think that you're the well, I know that you're the only person that's straight said, I don't know, <laughs> and just owned it. But I think that's okay. And we need to do that a little bit more. Like it's okay to not have all the pieces figured out or have a ton of goals or plans or things. And like you can just follow that intuition and follow the right the omens, right? Alchemist, just grab those moments and say yes when things come well let me ask what was the question that you asked um where are you going from here and what's next for you on your journey yeah now if you said um what do you plan on doing i might have a different answer for you right so notice when you ask that question to people they probably talk about a bunch of shit that they're going to be doing that's true right and, 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 for, and for me, and it also being a dude, like so much of, of who I am and, and my identity is based off of either having or doing something. I'm trying to get away yeah. from that. I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to just really be in the middle of it all. Gotcha. Um, I've got some stuff that I'm working on um, that's part of, I think, getting, getting me there. Uh, but I don't honestly, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what's next. I'm just open to abundance and I'm open to the possibilities of whatever is in front of me. 
and that I have the ability to choose the course of my life and that I'm in control of my destiny. I love nothing, that. nothing or no one else. Now that's a beautiful response to that question. I'm open to abundance and all possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wants to come to Louisville Health and Healing, they want to start their journey and they know after listening to you, it has to be you. How do they find you? Well, you know, if it has to be me, um, you know, they may not be able to get on, on my schedule. That's one of the things I'm doing is, is, is decreasing my caseload so that I'm not in a chair. Um, but the Louisville Health and Healing has multiple yes we have uh, you know we have uh, 10 people on staff right now and we've got three or four uh, more people that are that are coming in and we can offer in-person and telehealth appointments um, um, in the state of Kentucky and, and in some other areas of the country as well um, the best way to find us is uh, on social media um, Instagram, Louisville underscore uh, health underscore healing. And we're also on Facebook, Louisville Health and Healing. So that's one way to, to track us down. You can also go to our website, louisvillehealthandhealing.com. Um, you can call and schedule an appointment. Um, you can also look at the bios of the, of the licensed um, professionals we have on staff. And you can reach out to them personally through their website because their contact information is there as well. And you can also call or text me at 502-694-2171. And you can email me, Henry, you can email me, Henry, at LouisvilleHealthAndHealing.com too. And guys, everything that Henry just said will be in the description underneath this podcast or on YouTube on the description box. So make sure you go check them out, follow all that stuff. And Henry, do you have any final words? Anything, last things you want to tell the people? Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for um, you just being you. And because without you, I wouldn't be able to do this today. And this is really cool to spend this time with you. So thank you for creating and thank you for just being your awesome self and, mm -hmm. and helping us, helping me and all the people that, that you're able to inspire. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, it has been a pleasure and an honor. It's been super cool. We got to take a really deep dive. I know, I think every time we speak to each other, it gets a little cooler and a little deeper. Yeah. It's really great to have I you know. here. Yes. And good luck to you and all the things that you're, you're pursuing in your life as well. Thank you. And I hope yeah. to do some cooler things together in the future. Do some YouTube specials. I'm I'm sure our cross will our cross our paths will cross again. I'm sure they will. This episode is brought to you by Phoenix Overhead Doors. At Phoenix Overhead Doors, you hire a repairman, not a salesman. That's their slogan. Phoenix Overhead Doors is repair and install service by a true repairman that won't upsell or upcharge. The only thing going up is your garage door. With over seven years of experience in the industry, they're the experts that you need to take care of your home or business. And that's why they'll treat your home as if it was their own. And that's why they get five-star ratings and great reviews from all of their customers. You can call and schedule your free estimate today and get honest and trusted advice that empowers you to make the best decision for your family on your budget. 
Check out www.phoenixoverhead.com for more info or to use their website to schedule yourself a free estimate. You can also call 502-528-0581. Phoenix Overhead Doors is guaranteed to rise.